This is a HeadGum Podcast. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's the hunt for the worst Christian song of all time for the first time in 2021. Today on Good Christian Fun. We did it. We did it, it's all about Jack and I. Everything! Everything! Consider the source. Wanna get in the bathtub? All about Jack Imagine there's no heaven. It's easy if you try. <laughs> no hell below us. Above us only sky. Imagine all the people. James Marsden, okay. Marston. for today. All right. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. I'm Caroline, and I'm imagining a better a year. <laughs> Do you know how soon into quarantine they put that out? It was oh, it was like two. It was like one week. It wasn't was it? six days. <laughs> <laughs> the foresight they had to know to know that we would need that. I just watched Wonder Woman 1984 last night, so I had Gal on the Mind, uh, oh. Wonder Woman, unimagined video of a film. Uh, <laughs> the one. Oh, could you say. would say it didn't transcend. It did not transcend, <laughs> oh, as bad. our friend Natalie Walker sometimes says. Wonder Woman 1984, uh, a movie in which they said, "Hey, you know what we should do? We should send Gal Gadot to the Middle East uh, in this <laughs> summer popcorn movie and just kind of play around with that stuff. Yeah. See what sticks. It might be fun." <laughs> Definitely not any strange connotations or subtext there at all. No, and I feel like she's always risen above any sort of conflict in that area. She's yeah. transcended. <laughs> uh, she has transcended. Good Christian Fun is the podcast where we talk about Christian pop culture, the movies, the music, and the entertainment made for, made by, sometimes made about Christians. Uh, like last week, Yes, God, Yes, that was a movie about Christianity. And uh, by Christian a, at least a former Christian Catholic. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a hyphen? It's <laughs> like a writer, performer, Christian Catholic, Christian Catholic singer, songwriter. <laughs> but we're not here to make fun of you or to make you go to church. That's how I'm emphasizing it now. We're not here to make fun oh, of you or to you. Make, make you go to church. We're we don't even here. know you. We don't, but we'd like to for just five bucks a month at patreon.com. <laughs> what, a, what a disgusto plug. Uh, but it's yeah, okay. it's there. We're making money. Hey, hey, you know, you know, I've turned around about the idea of charging for accessibility in 2021. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> as, this is big for Kevin. As we discuss, well, Caroline and I had a discussion off mic years ago about the uh, morality of charging for meet and greets after live shows. And apparently I had a pretty- for podcasts. What's that? Oh, is before we had a podcast together. We talked no, about No, specifically this. for podcasts. Oh, yes, doing yes, Doing a yes. meet and greet. Yeah. And there's but a lot of complicated still. factors to it. Um, <laughs> 
that said, whatever I say on this podcast, hold it, me to it forever. <laughs> please hold well, my it feet all to comes the fire. around to you agreeing with me eventually because so the number one out. problem in this country is a lack of personal responsibility and accountability that's by far the number one i want to ask you something yeah what how did you feel when the plane disappeared in wonder woman 1984 well, i don't know where this is going i felt okay i'm just asking it. no it's not a trick question i feel like this feels like a classic setup to a punchline i i felt fine about it i don't know it was like okay. in the, the invisible jet there it is i felt nothing wow that's sad <laughs> anyway that's all it I is so ask. funny to match up chris pine with gal gadot to match up yeah. this like genuinely fireball of charisma man with um the modern day equivalent of arnold schwarzenegger <laughs> oh she has charisma she's just yeah no i not acting wise <laughs> yeah no that's what i mean <laughs> oh but come on we're not here to wonder about a woman we're here to sing about the god of wonders in yeah. uh, effortless oh, segues yeah, like that. yeah. <laughs> we're kicking it off it's our first episode with a guest this year it's uh it's 2021 already as of recording this from the events that have occurred this week as of recording this 2021 a whiz bang start yeah, yeah. <laughs> and everything that's happened uh we did have on our bingo cards joe uh we did <laughs> <laughs> and uh we're just gonna continue in that good spirit and invite someone else into this dialogue and this conversation we're having what is a year do you know what i mean caroline Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This podcast is the Capitol building, and we are the Capitol <laughs> Police, metaphorically letting our guest into the space <laughs> to talk, oh, to debate, Lord. to and, ratify. And let's hope no one maces him <laughs> as he comes oh, in. He won't get maced. He'll be just fine. Let's He'll open get up walked the gates. <laughs> <laughs> well, friends and folks, on top of that brilliant metaphor, he is a writer and author, a podcaster. You may know him from the Cozy Robot Show. Or formerly of the Lyrgister's new book, You're a Miracle and a Pain in the Ass. Give it the hell up for Mike McCoy! Oh my god. <laughs> god. He's here. Uh, wow. I have to be honest. <laughs> yes. I have... I've been a guest on a podcast before. Uh -huh. Maybe even a couple of times. Oh, a few. I've never had that much difficulty... Not just belly laughing into the microphone for the whole entire part of the podcast before I'm allowed to talk. That was really challenging. What a nice compliment. You know, in a way, Caroline and I are trying to recreate a sensation that we miss so dearly during this time, which is the sensation of church laughter, laughing when you know you're absolutely not supposed to, and then trying to stifle that and hold that in. That's yeah. something you, you don't get just sitting alone in your living room, <laughs> scrolling through That's HBO true. Max. There's no one to it's scold true. you, you yeah. know, mm -hmm. except yourself. Should we start like an Uber service where we can like invite a scold into your home and like? <laughs> God, I would be so good at that. Mm -hmm. I would just, I have endless scolding. In oh, you're a regular scoldy Han, my friend. Okay. <laughs> I've always said that it. about you. Mike, it, this feels like a long time coming. It's very exciting. I'm a fan. I, I have always felt like, you know, we're twin stars dancing in the night, our, our mm. podcast and your former mm. podcast, just trying to get close to each other. And now mm. uh, it's, a, I guess, a supernova? Correct yeah, me right. on that one? Yeah, Question the, yeah this is the end result of climate change, and <laughs> now we're going to die. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but a stellar merger can result in a supernova. Okay. All right. Great. The two stars are sufficient. 
I okay, knew great. he'd be able to make wine out of our water. Oh, here uh, we've Jesus got yeah. some mass in this star. I'll tell you what. Okay. Quarantine's <laughs> been kind to us all. <laughs> Gracious. <laughs> to me, yeah, it's like in Who Framed Roger Rabbit when Bugs Bunny and Mickey Mouse finally share the screen <laughs> together. <laughs> it's finally that. It's like if the Suicide Squad and the Avengers finally mm, come together in one incredible like film. <laughs> Suicide Avengers. Can you imagine? Uh, that would rock. That- that would be wild. That'd yeah, be cool. crossing those two universes continuity. I love and that. Ben Affleck is still in it. <laughs> yeah, and he... of course. <laughs> Ooh, in this one, Batman's superpower is being able to balance a box of Dunkin' Donuts in his arm. <laughs> <laughs> There's a movie that came out five years ago called Suicide Squad. There's a movie coming out later this summer called The Suicide Squad, which is what a boon for the SEL for years to oh, come. No. It's oh, no, just no. The Suicide. It's, and it's not a total two... revamp, like new. No, no, they're keeping some of the same people. Viola Davis is going to be in it again. There's going to be two Suicide Squad movies starring Viola Davis. Do you know who Zay Frank is? No, tell me. Who's that? Zay Frank is uh, like the internet's original humorist, really. Kind of helped Tumblr get off the ground. You heard of them. But he did a daily video blog called The Show with Zay Frank. Before YouTube existed. Uh, oh my gosh. So it was like a big deal. No one had ever done real, a vlog, especially not a daily vlog. He was like the first person to do that. Wow. And then later he did a follow up in the YouTube era and he called it a show with Sam Frank. <laughs> <laughs> and so, like, that's funny. Yeah, it's take, that same kind of vibe. Like, which one am I watching, and how do I find it? <laughs> Taking a page out of their book. Oh yeah. Well, Mike, we're so honored and thrilled to have you here. It is. We were discussing off mic before we started the tragedy of our proximity, and yet our distance during this time. Because a lot of times it's like I don't know. You ask people to do the show. Sometimes they're in Santa Monica. Sometimes they're you know not in the in the our city or even our county. You're very close to us. We'll say, and it's a true. <laughs> tonight yeah. welcome you into caroline's I think if warm i reached my arm out the window i think i you, would hit you, you might hit him screen. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> even in like bad traffic yeah, yeah I can it's oh, like totally. 20 Easily. minutes yeah take a little side street <laughs> oh, tops yeah great. gracious it's crazy i'm trying Which, to if people don't know in la 20 minutes is close that's a next door neighbor yeah <laughs> that's a roommate basically yeah basically. <laughs> there was a time they said like maybe in the early 90s when you could get to anywhere in los angeles in 20 minutes i wonder if it's true but they say that they i say mean that yeah not literally like within the county but basically it would feel like 20 minutes there was a time Whoa. in like the late 80s early 90s it took about 20 and uh, not what the case going now. On? No, huh. hard to even imagine. That's yeah. the only, that's the only yeah, part of America I want to make great again. Is the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's the travel traffic time. Yeah, in LA. Yeah, public well, transit. I'm trying to figure out like what's the most interesting way to get into your faith story because it's an oft repeated uh, narrative for you. It's something you you've talked about before in books and in podcasts and in other media. And uh, I mean, maybe the best place to start is just like, what is it right now? People can check out all the origin story stuff and your your faith and then your loss of faith and then regaining it in a different way. But like, what is it now in 2021? Oh, gosh. Um, it's weird. Mm-hmm. Weird how? I mean, like, my theology is pretty much indecipherable from atheism and materialism still okay 
like in my practice liturgical contemplative Christian, you know how like maybe if you like love one particular mythology so much, it seems just like it might actually be real. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I can oh, be yeah. that way with the Marvel universe. I was that way with the Harry Potter universe for a long time before. I'm like that with JK the Rowling Bartlett administration. Into, I know, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. I, it's like, I think I write Christian fan fiction. I think that's really what I do. Um, but it's like I have so much appreciation for that mythology that it's real to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I pray and like I read my Bible and if someone's like, hey, so you believe in the supernatural? I'm like, no, not really at all. Uh, <laughs> and that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't. And it doesn't make sense cognitively. It actually makes a ton of sense if you understand the structure of the human brain. Which Caroline and I, by the way, Caroline and I fully do before you even start. Right. Everything you're about yeah. to say, we know, but we want to be polite and let you speak <laughs> on it first. Sure. Yeah. When we understand how people have faith experiences, they are not primarily cognitive in origin. The, the, mm-hmm. the neural networks involved in cognition are not significantly involved in faith experiences. Mm-hmm. But they are very involved in how we articulate our understanding of the world. So mm-hmm. I just let my more intuitive, emotional brain have its religion fun. And I don't like scold it for that. And I also don't let my intuitive feeling brain um, convince me things about physics. Like I just let physics physics, you know what I mean? And I let yeah. biology biology and I've just kind of let those two things loose in my lived experience. I've given up trying to make myself even internally consistent. Cause I think that's, uh, that's kind of dishonest. You know, I think if, if we really pay attention to ourselves, there's very few people actually have some consistent worldview and ethic and epistemology and all these other kind of boring words we tend to throw around when we talk about these things. Mm-hmm. Um, most people, uh, my easiest analogy for me, uh, they want to be thin and they want to eat pizza today. That's just kind of the mm-hmm. what it means to be a human animal. And um, I've stopped trying to not be human. Um, and to appreciate that about myself and to feel good about like, I think that after I die, nothing happens. And I talk to Jesus every day. That's fine. You do? You pray every day? I do. I read my Bible every day. Wow. I like it. I like, especially now that I'm freed from like biblical literalism Mm -hmm. and any sense that I have to like make God be behind all this stuff literally. The Bible is a really fascinating library that is like helps me metaphorically navigate my daily life in the same way that good modern mythologies and stories do as well. So, and I have so much time investment in that mythology it seems wasteful to just drop it on the curb plus if i get mad at franklin graham on twitter it sure is fun to throw scripture at franklin graham i mean that's still going so (laughs) you know it's just it's kind of before the pandemic i was a pretty regular church attender I, i went to a very small episcopal church i like the eucharist i i just i just like all that stuff yeah um, and it's fine. But if someone else is like, should I be a Christian? I, I don't know, and I don't care. Yeah. yeah. Or if the Bible isn't making sense in a particular passage, 
you don't yeah you don't feel it incumbent to like make it make sense and like figure that out or align i love to study the history of it i love to like i love to geek out on that stuff Mm -hmm. but if someone's like well but the bible says that i'm like so what like some dude wrote this depending on what passage you're talking about, somewhere between 1,000 and 3,500 years ago mm-hmm. in a different language with a different cultural context. Yeah, it takes some work to make it fit to today, for yeah. sure. And you don't want to put too much work on that stuff or you actually lose what that author was trying to say to an audience they were talking to. Yeah. Um, but I've also, as I've gotten older, I like history. I like understanding how this epic tale of humanity got to now Mm -hmm. and so for whatever good and whatever bad the collection of things we call the bible has played a huge role in human history yeah so i think we need to give it its due and we need to not make a bigger deal of it than it actually is you sound pretty unencumbered from some of the turmoil that we often describe on this show which has to do with like, oh, how do I make this make sense? And how do I reconcile this and this part of faith and this part of like, yeah, like what is ostensibly the lived out theology of materialism or atheism in that sense? You seem pretty free of that. I feel pretty free. (laughs) So I, I, I think you're describing something that's pretty accurate to my experience. It wasn't easy for me to get there. You know, sometime after... During the time I wrote Finding God in the Waves, I figured out, like, if I keep trying to control this stuff, just making myself miserable, so I'm just going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I only get so many minutes of life. I don't, I don't even know how many. So I'm just going to, like, bring this in to the degree that it helps me enjoy my life, that it helps me have satisfying living. And then sometime after Finding God in the Waves, I figured out, like, I'm in a pretty good place with faith, but I'm not in a great place with mental health and emotional awareness and my ability to relate to other people. So I've got a whole separate set of work to do. So I'm glad I'm not wrestling with this faith stuff so I can focus on my PTSD that I didn't know I had. And I can focus on, you know, the kind of culturalized uh, masculinity and whiteness and all these other things I have that are invisible to me that get in the way of my ability to relate to other people. You know, I've just realized like the work of getting to know me and 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 be a person that does a better job of meeting people where they are and loving people and being an equitable member of society, that's work that'll never be done. And so anytime I try to master those things or complete myself, I'm just setting myself up to be miserable. When I keep a posture of gratitude to be alive and excitement about learning and growing, those seem to be the times that I thrive the most and the most fun to be around when I spread joy to other people. And so I'm always working to get back into that place where I'm holding my ideas loosely, where I'm holding life itself loosely and being just grateful for every moment. And to me, that is the essence of what faith does at its best. And we can use words like epistemology, and they're important, and we can use words like theology, and that's fun. But at the end of the day, to me, the measure of faith is its impact on real life. And uh, that's really the only metric I use to evaluate my faith journey. 
Uh, so there's no purity test and there's no <laughs> there's no system I feel there's like no I have to subscribe chart. to. No alignment chart. Although yeah. I do use alignment charts in Dungeons and Dragons, which is somewhat hey. unpopular these days. There. I, Mike, I have to thank you for what you said at the top of this about describing like your your cognitive brain and then your sort of like intuitive emotional self too and how often that disconnect is what you have to like kill either one, you know, in a mm -hmm. lot of like faith traditions of like you have to completely deny your soul and your just the weird stuff that bubbles up the prayers that keep coming to you. You know, if even if you are an atheist, mm -hmm. you have to kill that part of yourself or you have to kill your your incredible cognitive brain that is like this doesn't make sense or this isn't aligning with what my experience in the world is or like this doesn't align with science or whatever mm -hmm. and you just said gave me even such a beautiful redefinition of like uh both you know like both mm. and that's okay and you don't have to kill either one and if i i'm oversimplifying what you just said a little bit but like the idea that i don't think you are whatever <laughs> well i'm about to whatever you need to believe that that coincides with both both like personal development, which you need to have, mm -hmm. and just makes you feel good. <laughs> like, which sounds so trite to those of us who grew up in like, you know, feel good faith is not what this is all about. It's like, no, it kind of is, because like you said, we just have one life. And if it's spent like berating myself or being miserable or contorting into something that doesn't feel good, then what are we doing? That was such an excellent articulation. I don't think it was oversimplified at all. I think the, it was clarified. I would add one little thing to feel good faith. There's a reason I say impact on life and not impact on my life. Yes. Because we can allow our faith experiences to be insular and self-gratifying and remove us from the accountability of living in the world with other people. So if my yeah. faith makes me feel great, but be an asshole to other people, that's not a good faith. If my faith makes me feel morally superior while I behave in racist or sexist or homophobic or ableist ways, that faith has no value. I would even dare say that the fruit of that faith is no good. Exactly. So a feel-good faith that also causes flourishing in the lives of people around you, that to me is where the good stuff is. Yeah, and and it allows you to be uh, less of a judgmental person for people who are more spiritual or are more aligned with like a traditional Christianity that maybe we don't feel good about anymore. It's like, mm -hmm. but for them, you know, we're, you know, all the assholery aside that may be caused, if if it is making them enjoy life and treat others better, then that that is also like you said, like a fruitful expression mm -hmm. even if it's not the one i would choose you know and that's mm -hmm. that's a to me that's the definition of a good definition <laughs> applies to all it works out <laughs> yeah mm. and I, I was just i think i talked with kevin about this in another episode recently but you said this in will too and it's something i've been thinking about which is like once i freed up so much mental energy of like trying to perfect my faith or my theology or my atheism or whatever it is uh, I was actually able to engage with the world and try to make it a better place rather than just mm. trying to constantly like work out my own like inner math all the time, you know, mm -hmm. which is nice. Mm -hmm. yeah. The thing, the thing that I always wonder about because so many of the people that we talk to, well, I guess there's people in different life stages, but the thing that always felt like a deadline of urgency to have what I've described 
in conversation with Caroline before as like a holistic, whatever, personal statement of faith or your own personal theology of it. The only urgency I've ever really felt with that is is when it comes to having children and like, well, what do I tell, you know, my kids if I were to, you know, in, in what, in what ways would I raise them? I guess I don't have like a specific vision of, of how that would work itself out and not to make your own anecdotal experience prescriptive, but for you, how has that worked itself out in the last few years? Could I first thank you for that phrase? Not to make your own anecdotal experience prescriptive. Sure. You just saved me from having to make that disclaimer myself, and it's so <laughs> yeah. thoughtful, and I just appreciate it. Um, I mean, I've got a ambiguously mainline Christian daughter and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and an atheist daughter. I'm real proud of both their journeys. We just have fun talking about faith to the degree that the kids are interested in it. They're invited along for any spiritual experiences I'm having. Their attendance is never, ever, ever required. Uh, they've both been baptized by their own request when they were younger. One in the Baptist church, the other in the Methodist. And um, it is hard for me to talk about faith separate from anything else because I don't really have a faith sacred experience that's separate from the rest of how I live my life. So... In our house, we just um, we focus on growth. So we focus on knowing that we're all growing and changing, including mom and dad. Questions are always welcome. Sharing feelings is always encouraged. We not only have conversations about at the children's request, what happens when we die or what is moral or right or good. We talk about those things a lot at their request. But we also talk about rewriting old patterns, you know. Jenny and I grew up in the southeast, in the buckle of the Bible Belt as Southern Baptists. We were uh, given profoundly restrictive presentations of gender roles. We were trained in codependent patterns of behavior, and we started to realize that around the time we had pubescent children. And so we've been learning new ways of relating to each other and teaching our children that some of the things we taught them, some of the dynamics that we train them in aren't actually healthy for them. Mm -hmm. And we got to start unlearning those things together and learning to state our needs clearly and learning to share our feelings more openly and set up family systems interventions around cycles of conflict, especially when the four of us have been trapped in the same four walls together now for (laughs) coming up on a year. And, um, I don't know. I, I really appreciate how honest and sincere and thoughtful my children are when they talk about faith with me. I, From the time that they were born, I tried to nourish a trust-based relationship where they knew any thoughts or feelings they had were okay. And as their parent, I was here to advise them as best as I could while also setting boundaries for their physical, mental, and emotional safety. And I was going to do my best at that. And as soon as they were kind of emotionally and developmentally ready to know the fact that I make mistakes and am okay discussing those mistakes, we set the floor for that as well. And I feel like that's gone really well. Um, 
I'm more proud of, even though they have very different spiritual views, Madison, who is 16, um, 15, 15 or 16, I don't know. Um, who cares? Yeah, who gives a shit? <laughs> no, 16, because she turned 16 in the pandemic, and that's a huge deal. Oh, we that's had sweet so 16. Oh. And she had a Zoom call birthday party. <sighs> but she like phone banked for the Georgia Senate runoff. Good grief. <laughs> Put like us to shame, <laughs> and told me like afterwards. She's like, yeah. She's in her room like three hours. I'm like, hey, kid, what were you doing? She's like, I was phone banking for Georgia. What and so like, my cool kids person. do stuff like that. Like she like organizes protests and calls Congress people and um, writes draft legislation. And um, you know, my kids have a very strong belief that the world will be what we make it and act like that yeah Um, and they have a very clear vision sometimes i feel a little embarrassed at the limitation of my ambition of how the world could be compared to theirs and that makes me feel really proud and it makes me feel like i did a great job modeling spirituality yeah Uh, because too dynamic human beings who are determined to make the world a better place and believe that they can who are both young women and mm-hmm. i mean you know that that even when i was an evangelical there was always this tension because i've always i didn't i didn't have the language for it, but i've always had this like feminist sensibility and there was something about the way women were treated in the south that just oh gosh it made my skin crawl probably because I have an incredibly uh, bright, intelligent, and emotionally present mother. And I would just see, I was like, why is my dad, who's a perfectly wonderful person, why is he held in higher esteem in church and society than this glorious lioness of a human that is my mom? And so when I had children and they were girls, I said, I am not going to let this culture put limitations on their self-imagination and um it seemed to have worked so that was a really long answer no that was that was what i was looking for um i think yeah pretty much does that give you new ideas kevin (laughs) for how i'm gonna raise my daughters in 40 years or whenever i have one (laughs) 40 would be incredible by the way if i pop one out i'm like 71 impressive yeah Yeah, like the real question is what would you do if your daughter brought you a can of beans and a can opener and said she didn't know how to use it (laughs) oh my god that would be a lot of fun (laughs) okay perfect. but i will also tell you it is far more likely for me to take my daughters a can of beans and a can opener and say, I don't know how to use it, than the other way around. We've talked too much about bean dads. We need to talk about mm, bean daughters and the bean culture. Bean daughters. Which, by the way, the bean by the time this comes out, this will be a dead talking point, right? Not for me, Kevin. Not for Not you? For Never again. No, the bean dad thing, I will say, like, I'm pretty chill, uh-huh. but the thing that will make my blood boil are, be- are poor fatherhood stories. Like the thing that my like identity most rests on is dad. It really is. Weirdly, that's me too. <laughs> I'm just not a dad yet. <laughs> so that story like filled me with rage because like my whole approach to parenting is you're 
questions and curiosity are welcome. Yes, let's do this thing together. If I don't know, we'll figure it out together. It's going to be great. Yeah. And that approach, which Bean Dad later claims was a shtick, a comedic personality, and not a depiction of reality, uh, still is gross. Pretty detailed. Yeah. I mean, if that's the case, then we need to call Bean Dad Mean Dad. That's not nice to make stuff up either. <laughs> either way. A liar. Which then it was so strange after that happened, because then for some reason, Rowan Atkinson, the very next day, Mr. Bean, came out railing against cancel culture. It's like he saw Bean trending and it wasn't him and he's like well and his I eyes to- went black <laughs> but it could have been I have to, yeah i'm next <laughs> Man. yeah that that really made me mad too especially when it comes to someone who is hungry it's like that is not someone no. you mess around with a child yes. That. yes there's too many unknowns wild many. a All human right. being you've passed the bean test my friend the, yes, it's and a low we, bar. We are administering a bean <laughs> test to each of our guests. To every father, on GCF, all of our father show. guests on GCF. We say, "What would you do?" Oh man, that's great. Gracious. <laughs> well, uh, Mike, you said so much so well in such a concise amount of time during this first segment. I kind of don't want to touch it too much. I'm afraid yeah. of like of gilding rest. the bean, if you will. Uh, so. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should just say uh, thank you, and then yeah, just thank you in general for sharing your your yes. insight and, and wisdom with this stuff. And I think uh, d- to reflect and echo what Caroline said, I think there'll be many listeners who are also, uh, uh, I, I, lack of a better word, blessed by the sort of verbiage and the kind of dichotomies that you set up, or lack of dichotomies in terms of mm. like how faith and emotion and incognition should work. Should work. So thank you for that. Hmm. Thank you. Yeah. Well, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back with more Good Christian Fun. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. It's time once again, but for the first time in 2021, the hunt for the worst Christian song of all time. The worst Conscience and conviction. Breaking news. Stephen Kurtz Chapman has taken the Capitol. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Breaking news. Lauren Daigle has accidentally ridden her bike all the way to Washington, D.C. <laughs> she has stumbled into the Capitol building. She's accidentally shredding up the electoral votes. She stumbled into the inauguration and started singing. 
That would be cool. Hey, if it was the inauguration this year, that'd be interesting. They should invite Daigle. I feel like that if if he really wants to unite the soul of the nation. (laughs) Joe Biden should invite Lauren Daigle. He should invite Lauren Daigle to come sing. Via Zoom. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. Yeah, please, Lauren. Stay home. Yeah. Uh, Mike, what is your experience or history with Christian pop culture stuff? This is actually part of your story. I don't know that much. Yeah, I don't either. The bands, the movies. (laughs) It's deep. Okay. Let's go. I wasn't allowed as a child to listen to non-Christian music. Okay. So uh, basically the 80s, 90s, early 2000s, I was completely immersed in evangelical pop culture. Right in the sweet spot for us. So, um, the first, the, <laughs> the first concert ever asked for an autograph was New Song playing at my church. Yeah. yeah. Back when they were like just a full on gospel quartet, like New Song has reinvented themselves many times. New Song has and, pivoted Caroline to the Christmas shoes guys. <laughs> oh yeah, yes. I was wondering. I was like, I know the name, but I can't remember like what their they hit used was. to be like a like a gospel quartet, and uh, they had this song called Cold Water Committee that was like a deep cut, like far into side B of an obscure tape. Uh-huh. And they played a <laughs> they played a concert at our church, and they opened the thing for requests, and I was so excited, I just shouted out Cold Water <laughs> Committee. And like they all look at each obliged. other like it's is that one of our songs? <laughs> this is the song. Oh my gosh. Born again, and you're so filled with the love of him. You wanna tell everyone just what Christ has done for you. Cause you know it's true, you go from oh house to house. This is place to place. This is some Broadway <laughs> like deep cut. That's God's why I like it. Fire, and you'll never it's like a music man B, uh, B-side. I know you know the words, Mike. Here we go. Water committee. Yes, I do. Yes. No, no, listen, son. You to a terrible start. So this is what you shouted out to them. I haven't heard this song in 30 years. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. At least 30. Probably 35. Um, Welcome home. That was Yo. wild. My brain was like, what is happening? <laughs> when I requested the song, they didn't remember it was their song. They sung it so few times. And you saw their sound guy like frantically <laughs> going through these the backing tracks. recordings to find the backing track. And then it went on. They're like, oh, yeah. And oh, then it's they a, sang it. Oh, they weren't even oh, singing sang with it? a band. It was just backing tracks. No, they were, they, were, they were like touring small Baptist churches in the Southeast. I mean, they came to oh Tallahassee, Florida. They weren't. <laughs> doing that well so <laughs> well um, that's a swing state you know i'm sure they were on the campaign trail at that time <laughs> so you know it, it uh i just like yeah i played in a christian band for years no way tell us about uh, that um uh, oh no. we're a christian band and we played a lot of worship music and did a lot of battle of the bands which is a christian band thing and oh, cool we did the ones at Atlanta Fest and um, whatever it's called at Universal Studios. Are we allowed to ask the name of the band? I've kept for my entire public career, I've kept the name of that Ooh. band under wraps. Okay. 
I understand. But it's beneath his feet is the <gasps> beneath of the his feet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> beneath his feet. Oh my gosh. Wait, you oh, were yeah. in this band for years? Years. Years. So did years. you kind of get a little bit of a, a little bit of a following going at all? A little bit of following, yeah. <gasps> Kevin's little frantically bit. googling. Very little frantically. Bit. <laughs> the problem is because the age. Like um, our website was Flash. That was a thing. Oh then. yeah. So it doesn't. That was like a nice website. At there's the probably time. a couple mentions out there. Oh my gosh. Um, what was I'm, the style of music? I'm looking. I'm looking. What was the style of music? I I don't I. I we don't fit cl- into any you can't genre. Can't be categorized. Yeah. Kind no, of. Uh, can't be contained. Caroline, no, I mean, thinking like... in terms of genres and styles is small. That's a small know, picture a small, of what a band can small be. Small-minded of No, band. it was just weird. It was like, because uh, it was like too many mismatched musical influences uh, converging in a way that was not necessarily always elegant. Mm-hmm. So it's like <laughs> Marshall Stack guitar amps. Mm. And three part harmony. Oh yeah! What? <laughs> yeah, what I'm was, talking about a little yeah. POD plus new song on there. I would like That's that. not a bad description, actually. <laughs> 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 POD plus new song is probably as close as we could get. So, so you're a rock band, but you had too many good singers in this band. They basically started as like a trio, and then added into the band vibe. And yes. I had been playing not Christian music. I'd been playing in like bars mostly. Uh, they needed a bass player. And so one of the people in the band was like, hey, would you come play? And I was like, at a church? <laughs> um, They're like, yeah. <laughs> so I did. And it was fun. The, you know, some of, the, some of those guys are still like some of my best friends. But uh, hey, yeah, once you go yeah. beneath his feet, you never come for, up from underneath it. I'll tell you that <laughs> much. <laughs> It's the, the puns right themselves. You are really. part of this culture. You are a part of the history of GCF, and like that, that's all led to this. Yeah, that's right. Ugh. Mountains yeah. of bodies of work. Does any Christian pop culture exist in your day to day life now? Do you still listen? Dip your toes back into speaking of feet. Dip your toes back into any of the music in your list. Zero point zero now. Okay. Wow. Now the only thing that dips Hillsong in is, if is crying. <laughs> I think my favorite thing about the mainline church is its lack of any pop culture intersection. Like they're like, nope, we have an arcane weird thing. We will not make any attempt to make <laughs> it modern or relevant. Yeah. Like Yeah. It's not yeah, sweaty. It's like... not thirsty. Right. Um, oh no, gosh no. It's quite the opposite. <laughs> Very dry. <laughs> yeah, Christian Christian pop culture, I guess you could define as extremely thirsty all the time. <laughs> thirsty yeah. for souls constantly. Yes. Yeah. 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 As the deer panteth, so do I. They panteth for If you souls. tell the deer it can never have a drink of water, it's going to pant. <laughs> yeah, and then the deer's just scrolling on Pornhub at like 2 a.m. at night. Like, come oh, on, no. man. Whoa. Yeah, the deer panteth, okay? The deer panteth. The deer panteth. It's... Depanted. <gasps> oh boy, but the oh, depant. Oh, that's disgusting. So. I want someone to illustrate a, a deer. Oh, the deer looking at Pornhub was cool. He was. That's relatable. But he's wearing pants. Yes. <laughs> yes, he's doing it in a public library. It's appropriate. Oh my god. <laughs>
<laughs> I didn't get it until now. Thank you for <laughs> drawing out the bit. D. Welcome. Panted. Panted. Hey, no. If you can count on GCF for one thing, it's to do a bit too long. Mike, <laughs> have you have you ever gotten into into the any of like the Christian comedians or the speakers, the entertainment circuit of CCM? I just I couldn't do it. I yeah. still can't. When I watch a Christian comedian, I'm like, this is. This, I don't even think this is actually comedy. Mm-mm. Well, buddy, like, you're staring is... at two right now. <laughs> <laughs> I think Kevin has been called a Christian comedian in the news. No. Which is so... No. I, I love it. I, uh, oh, man, I'm surprised I haven't brought that up in a while. Actually. Yeah, I, no, I, I could cut this part out if I really wanted to. <laughs> <laughs> Christian comedian Kevin Porter takes down Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen DeGeneres, <laughs> and, uh, famously not Christian comedian. <laughs> You know what stand-up special I was watching again for the first time in forever? It was Chelsea Peretti's One of the Greats. I think it's my favorite stand-up special. Oh, so good. Still. It's so good. It, it, it take that changed me, Solid. I think. It came out in 2013. Uh, but the, the game we're playing today is the hunt for the worst Christian song of all time. We got two nominees, two contenders for the crown. Maybe you've heard these before, Mike, because you were so involved in a, in a former life. Uh, maybe not. Caroline, I think you might have heard half of one, but you probably forgot it. It doesn't matter. I probably did. <laughs> Caroline Eadley, reliably a blank slate about anything we've ever talked about. Every day is fresh for me. Every day is new. It's exciting. Her mercies are new every day, as are her memories. <laughs> That's right. I can relate. Hard uh, relate. Same, especially this year. But um, the first nominee, the first nominee in our little game today, song by the artist Michael W. Smith from his 1999 album, This Is Your Time. It was a test we could all hope to pass But none of us would want to take SATs. Faced with the choice to deny God and live For her there was one choice to make This was the time this was a dance She lived every moment Left nothing to chance She swam in the sea Drank of the deep Embraced the mystery Of all she could be I'm going to put the lyrics to this song hey, who is In the Zoom chat From the Little Mermaid. Oh, I know what this is. Oh boy. Oh no. Today, faced with the question, what would you say? I love slow jam Christian drumming. I really do. Unironically. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, do you like international Christian music? Let me skip to the outro.
absolute bagpipes All right, that is. All right, you ready for a deep confession? You ready? Yeah. I don't know yeah. if this fits the spirit of the segment. Okay. Safe space. My biggest fear mm-hmm. of coming on Good Christian Fun is we would do a bit about music with someone I knew personally. <laughs> and you would be forced to make yet another confession. <laughs> and so let me tell you a quick story that I actually think is really important for this moment in history. Oh, oh, please, Mike, go ahead. Um, I met Michael W. Smith and his wife, Deborah. This is at, my wife. <laughs> at Bob Goff's Lodge uh-huh. up wow. in uh, Victoria, B.C., Canada. So... Talk about a moment right there. Wow. <laughs> but I did not know who he was because I am face blind and everyone called him Smitty. So I thought Smitty and Deborah <laughs> were a co-pastoring duo from a small church because they gave off that vibe. Sure. And they were lovely. Just the yes. sweetest, kindest people. I felt super weird because here I am like the strange heretical person at the lodge <laughs> and i'm here and i don't know why i'm here and uh and i just really got along with the two of them they made me feel really comfortable and one night during dinner smitty starts playing the piano and i thought gosh for a pastor it's local. Pretty this good. guy can <laughs> play right and so and like, I lean over to Deborah, and I'm like, and I go, he's really good. <laughs> and she smiled so sweetly. And then he kept playing. I'm like, no, you, I was like, I think he could like, he could do session work. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> and then he started singing. And I thought, he sounds just like Michael W. Smith. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. And so I said to Deborah. No, you didn't. Smitty sounds just like Michael W. Smith. And she laughed really hard because I still had not made the connection. Even when you said Smitty sounds like Smith. I'd I'd still, nothing. Just no glimmer of recognition in my mind. She never told me. Someone else that later that evening told me. That's mean. Because they overheard. They overheard you say that? Saying this. Well, maybe. And with, you know, like I'm a very earnest person. And so I was genuinely moved by the music. And I meant it complimentary. Like, my voice was mega. Mega star. Honestly. Yeah. So, um,. And I've always had such fond feelings towards them. And I still do. And then I saw he played at that well, yep, gathering in yep. D.C. <laughs> and I've been so struck because I actually know him to be a sincere and kind and thoughtful person. Mm-hmm. And... 4,000 people a day are dying from COVID. And he was either co-opted or actively participated in this big event. And I haven't known what to do with that. My friendship with this man 
and his participation in this thing that I so deeply oppose. And I want to be really clear. I don't doubt the sincerity of Michael W. Smith's heart or his faith. I think there's a lot of people who cynically exploit conservatives in this country. I think Ted Cruz is probably right near the top of that ticket. He doesn't. Ted Cruz has no beliefs. The man's a nihilist, right? He's just in it for the grift. Yeah, but have you heard his Michael album, w. Mike? That's true. <laughs> but I'm saying Michael W. Good. Smith, he is a sincere person. So what he is doing is he be, is a sincere expression of his faith. And I know, like, we have a funny bit about finding the worst Christian song, and I don't want to mess it up. But I mean, there is something in this moment for me of trying to understand what to do with America and Christians in the United States and how we reconcile those things together. Yeah. Well, in, in, in and I know that's really far out of no, where we're supposed to go. I was about to transition into this. <laughs> yeah, actually, we, kind we were of. all about to remove our clown noses, right? Yeah, <laughs> at the uh, same time. Honk. <laughs> <laughs> honk? I think that's yeah, fair. Yeah, I think no, I think on- that was beautifully put. Yeah, and and I feel like uh, crystallizes the feelings that we have sometimes too with the same people because we like. We make fun of Michael W. Smith, but I have also always gotten a very good vibe from him, you know, and like thought he was seemed like a good, sincere person, like as he's you said. Fair. I don't mean he he's nice like and saccharine and artificial. No. I mean he's profoundly kind and genuine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um yes. while also participating that, in some clown. Right. Himself. It makes my head spin. Like there's mm-hmm. so many people I know who are like that and participate in this thing and I can't I can't get my head around it and I think probably there's some people uh in that movement who look at me and think the same thing they're like you know I know Mike is like a sincere kind person but what is it with him and black lives matter I, and I don't mm-hmm. I don't know As what if to it's do the about that I know what you mean I know what you mean and, and I don't and I'm not both sizing don't hear right, me right, right, wrong right. Right, right, yeah. like, but just like how uh, there's a reason I'm unequivocally like. with BLM. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. There's a reason because I understand the larger institutionalized systemic forces at play. I no longer have that American individual lens with which I view the world. But seventy million people at least do. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. there's a there's a thing here and that song and that moment and my fear of being like please and i literally thought to myself not a michael w smith song and as soon as it started to play i was well, like let me let go. me let me uh <laughs> let me allay your fears and then also connect it a little bit because i think it's it's not disconnected from this song this is a song called mm-hmm. this is your time it came out in 1999 <laughs> in the wake of and as a tribute to one of the victims of one of the Columbine, or not one of the Columbine shooting uh, yeah. that had happened earlier to Cassie Bernal. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. the the story that was circulating at the time was one of the shooters said, do you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ? She said, I do. And then he shot her, which uh, investigators from the FBI and according to multiple eyewitness accounts found out ultimately was not true. That being said, there's still sprouted out uh, around it, a cottage industry 
of martyrdom, whatever, merchandise, media, this song. Michael W. Smith co-wrote a book about making this song. Cassie Bernal's mother wrote a book about it. And in fact, Mm. one of the shooters did ask another woman that question, and that was a verified account. The woman ended up living, or the young girl, I should say, ended up living, and when she told her account of it as a survivor, people didn't believe her because the Bernal story had already taken they thought on. She was like stealing Cassie's. Yeah, they're story like, or oh, something? so you're writing the coattails of this like real martyr that actually you're... died. Oh my gosh! So it's this very strange thing, like at the apex of martyr fetishization. And in fact, friend of the show Alyssa Wilkinson wrote a wonderful piece about this on Vox.com and how it is connected to the current moment. Not necessarily the martyr complex stuff, but the idea generally. And in the macro sense of Christian culture having a persecution complex and the idea of like, yeah, we're going to get shot. People hate us. People want to kill us. And victimization being a core tenet of Christianity or or a core mm-hmm. uh, part of the identity for the modern Christian in America, mm-hmm. I should say. Mm-hmm. So it's not disconnected, but it is just why and especially when it's like it's it's been disputed the fbi said this did not happen these eyewitnesses but still and and still in the books and all this stuff and it got uh you know if if you check out like the wikipedia on it it was referenced as as uh recently as rick santorum was talking about it in 2015 he didn't say her name he didn't say cassie bernal but just kind of made allusion to 16 yeah. years ago this country was inspired by a young woman who faced a gunman in columbine that's challenged about her faith and refused to deny God. The the woman, li- the girl lived. It was Val. It wasn't. It wasn't Cassie. Yeah. So I'm curious how many Christians like to this day know if that's like a myth or not about about Cassie, or if it would even I don't know like matter that much. But that's the thing. Yeah, but that the, it has to like the stakes have to be that high. You have to be under threat, and that justifies mm-hmm. all the extreme action you do as like an evangelical. You know. Yeah. Well, and it's what you, to make a, a silly comparison, I hope draws the point. It's like when I get weird <laughs> or when I get annoyed when there's stuff in historical movies or biopics where it's like, wait, that didn't happen. And not even like just the dramatic liberties you have to take for story's sake, but like, wait, no, 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 no. Freddie Mercury didn't do that. But now it's just history because that's how people experience most of history if they don't really care. It gets calcified. And for generations of people, obviously, it got calcified as that, that that was the story. Mm-hmm. So so media representation of these like true life events does matter. And it was such a foundational, like, see, it's video games and violence in the media, and that's what leads the kids, and they want to gun down Christians and just... Yeah, it's like real messy. Um, yeah. And especially to- I remember to, it as just, oh, oh, sorry, finish your thought and then I'll-, I'll I was going to say, it's interesting to compare 1999 to maybe what the same coalition of people would say in 2021 as far as it pertains to violence and about the relative indifference now to violence where it's like hmm. X amount of kids getting gunned down in Columbine was like literally the worst thing that ever happened to the country. And now, like Mike said, 4,000 people dying a day or four people dying at the Capitol. It's like, it's the cost of doing business. And look, we're all going to die and I'm ready to die for my country. And it's like, there's been a nihilistic turn taken by that core coalition of the country, including Mm -hmm. maybe Michael W. Smith. I don't know. I don't know. But yes, he did participate Mm -hmm. in events like that. I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. So... Mm -hmm. So that's one song. <laughs> what were you going to say, Caroline? <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? 
Oh, I mean, I don't know if I want to drag it out, but uh, but I was just thinking like when I was like like a teen and stuff, and we were told about this story, it was mostly a way to like at least for my peers to like mobilize the youth too into really mm, like yeah. being fervent in our faith and like to that level and whipping us up into like a true fear that like someday we may be asked and we may die for it over this like simple question. The lyric like, I legit the... thought that that was going to happen or was likely to happen. Right. To me, well, because you know? the lyric in this song is what if tomorrow, what if today faced with the question, Oh, what would you say? So it was kind of gearing up people low key yeah. of like, you will have to answer with a gun to your head if you're a Christian. <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like, oh, as you as the youth, how will you reform the society so this doesn't happen, you know, yeah. or that you're safe or the, this would never even happen to you, you know? It was just more of like, do you believe in God enough, you know, or would you deny Christ in that moment kind of thing? It was turned into Whoa. just like this Peter story <laughs> instead yeah. of like, this is scary. Now, instead, Smitty could have wrote a song like, more regulations make it harder to own. <laughs> Common sense reform. <laughs> <laughs> not necessarily defund, but not not defund. <laughs> There's a long time before that song came out, I had the the martyr fantasies. Yeah. Really? I mean, when I was probably, oh, yeah. My, my martyr fantasies probably started when I was nine or ten based on how much revelation teaching they did at my church mm-hmm. and mi- in like middle school youth group it was like we're doing another end of the world study oh, okay it's a good thing for me to learn about when i'm <laughs> nine i can handle this i'm yeah. totally ready for this and oh the <laughs> troops from the government are going to come put our head guns to our head and ask if we believe in jesus or not we said no, they're going to kill us mm-hmm. and i was like i can't wait to die for jesus you know, I remember the first time I went to a um, a protest march in San Diego in a direct action against um, ICE. And uh, I remember thinking, like, I'm ready to die for this cause. <laughs> <laughs> and then I later realized, I'm like, oh, why am I always so ready to die for a cause? <laughs> yeah. It all goes back to the childhood. <laughs> there we go. All in there, yeah. Yes. No, that, I, is, that is insane, yeah. I didn't have any martyr fantasies, but after watching Back to the Future, I had some Marty fantasies. All right. <laughs> <Hey-o>! <laughs> Who did it? Listen, oh, we all okay. wanted to be good on skateboard. Uh, the second... Hoverboard. <laughs> Hoverboard. 2021, the second song uh, that we're here to listen to is a song by a, a group we haven't covered yet. Maybe, Maybe Mike's heard of them. Um, given his uh, or knows them his, his, this or, is what happens when we get guests that are like from the big leagues they're like yeah I actually know these people and I've spent like quality time with them so, so it's Amy Grant's my godmother know. I can't yeah. really speak to this in any meaningful way but have Steve at Anderson it kids Chapman and I are business partners <laughs> so Carman Jeez. is my spiritual advisor uh, <laughs> in that case Mike we do need to talk to you because that I think we will need to intervene Ooh. You know, we don't yeah. know you that well, but that's, that's yeah. it. This group. What is Carman up to? Yeah, we probably shouldn't ask. Yeah, we probably shouldn't ask. Don't, ask, don't tell <laughs> you me. Turn that stone over. <laughs> that's not a stone I want to wish upon. <laughs> no, I don't know. This song is a song by the group ETW, which stands for In Time Warriors. Uh, <laughs> it's. <laughs> It's a group that first Are you familiar formed... with them, Mike, personally? Okay, great. Mm-mm. Okay, so you can <laughs> tell. Never heard of them. <laughs> They're a group that formed at Oral Roberts University. Uh, it's Ooh. it's a... Telling a story. It's a hip-hop R&B trio called ETW. Okay. And they put out a little song called... 
Well, I won't. I won't spoil the the title. Actually. You tired of being defeated? Yeah. Are you tired of being all under the circumstances? Yeah. Are you tired of paying the cost just to find out you already lost? Yeah. Have you done anything about it? Satan, you're canceled. <laughs> I love this song, so I'm. That you have forgotten, we got winning on our minds, and we're not stopping. You're lying, stealing, stretching a truth, and trying to destroy and ruin the youth. But to your surprise, we got our armor on, and we'll be fasting and praying till the break of dawn. Satan, you're canceled. Satan, you're canceled. Satan, you're canceled. Are they endorsing cancel culture? Oh yeah. Forerunners. Against the mighty hand of God, haven't you heard the score? You're defeated, depleted. Cold busted on ice. The army guys on you like Miami Vice. You've been lying and cannot for much too long. You've been running around the world perpetrating the fraud. You've been telling everybody how you were God. But now I'm here to let you know we're pulling your card. Satan, I bet you wish you hadn't have thought you were bad. I bet you think a lot now about the things you had. You were God's favorite cherub. Your life wasn't hard, but you had to get cocky and try to play. It's got like a <laughs> early to mid-90s hip-hop vibe. Absolutely. Like, it's from 1989. This song is as old as I am. Okay, if it was from 89, it sounds contemporary. It didn't do the Christian culture thing where it lagged yeah. the sound outside of the non-Christian part of the yeah, genre. Exactly. Well, the whole bottom line of the whole fact is that Satan's canceled. Ain't much more you can say about that. Yeah! So much for the sense. I mean, the kick kicks. Right amount of reverb on the snare. I don't know. This one's a pretty good song. I mean, the lyrics are ridiculous. It's so sassy. Oh, you guys, I just took Twitter and Satan posted a notes app. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> so a lot of people. Say, I'm listening and learning. <laughs> it's come to my attention that some past axes Lucifer have offended some. <laughs> it's, like, it's time for me to step back and listen now. <laughs> I'm sorry if you've been hurt by what I did. Ooh, yeah, that's the worst. This rocks. I want to like... I want to redo it for everything that could be canceled. As a privileged this... cisgender Satan, I know that it's my time to live. I misunderstood. I thought we were looking for the worst Christian song, not yeah. the best Christian song. Yeah, Kevin, I think you messed this up. Yeah, I might have. Uh, yeah, I might have stacked <laughs> the deck a little bit. <laughs> Sometimes this game is find the worst Christian song of all time. Sometimes it's hey, can we just play two can songs listen and listen to them? <laughs> Of oh the my two, gosh. I just honestly, I like the, I like, I like that one better. Well, and they really were uh, prophets in this sense with the cancel culture, right? Really, yeah, I know. Maybe, or maybe this has been in the lexicon a lot earlier than we all thought. And if you're asking yourself, did the lyrics already exist on the web? Uh, the answer is no, they did not. And if you're asking, did I have to uh, freaking transcribe them from listening to the song a few times? 
you bet I did. You typed this out? I had to type out, yo, Satan, I bet you thought you would win the war against the mighty hand of God. Haven't you heard the score? You're defeated, depleted, cold busting on ice. The army of God is like you, is on you like Miami Vice. (laughs) These lyrics are so good. I'm glad. You should publish these to the internet just so the record is there. Yes. As a community You had a third of angels, but you lost anyway. Amazing. So fun. I want to read this from the CCM Encyclopedia, checking in with our friend Mark Allen Powell, who said, the rap trio ETW formed at Oral Roberts University alongside, you know, Joel Osteen and Oral Roberts, a bunch of people came out. Oral Roberts, shouts out to Tulsa. In 1985, to compete in a local talent contest, their debut release focused a bit too heavily on religious put-downs of the culture intended to come off as judgmental and sloganeering. (laughs) (laughs) And their big breakout hit was a cover of Let's Stay Together by Al Green, by the Reverend Al Green, excuse me. Oh. But yes, so that's ETW. Their last album was... 1997, so not too contemporary. A little older than some of the stuff we're used to on the show. Not putting out great Soul Cycle soundtracks like Smitty is. Uh, <laughs> still doing. You gotta run as fast as you can. Run! Using <laughs> your time. It's your pal. Yeah, sorry. Love you're a good, close personal friend. <laughs> My uh, so, gang, which is the worst song? <laughs> I don't know about you all, but for me, it's going to have to be, uh, I don't even know the title of the first, uh, you know. This is your time. This is your time. Yeah. Yeah, For me, that's going to be the worst one. Why? Mm, I don't know. I don't know. I just get like a feeling. (laughs) You don't love the bagpipes at the end? The bagpipe. Well, okay. Now I'm back on board. Okay. See? The bagpipes I am a sucker for bagpipes. Uh, that, that does remind me every once in a while that like Mikey W. Smith is like a big orchestration fan. Like he loves, he loves composing. He's very talented. Classical music as well. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. He likes Orchestral stuff. And so I imagine the bagpipe for him was like a, a dream, a pipe dream, if you will. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also bagpipes very in with Christians in the late nineties, early two thousands. And I say that, oh, yeah. I think because, uh, well, I, I think in certain songs and then maybe just in some just general contemporary music, but I think of two Christian approved movies. One is Braveheart. One is Lord of the Rings trilogy. Christians, young <laughs> male Christians love these movies. Bag especially equal, equals inspiration. And those are heavily bag, bagpipe uh, uh, influenced, <laughs> obviously. The, the Braveheart theme and then, you know, the Lord of the Rings theme as well. So, oh, wow. uh Mike, what say you? Which is the worst song? You're not in a strange position right now, are you? <sighs> ETW slaps. I'm sorry. Okay, I, I just slap. liked it. It's, there's no worst part of that song, except maybe the lyrical composition, I would agree, is a tad forced. You think um, you built your kingdom on God's green earth, and now you're trying to take away what God has given, but one thing you've forgotten is we've got winning on our minds, and we're not stopping. You don't love those <laughs> lyrics? I don't love the... It's I love time. the beat. I love the rhythm. I even love the vocal tone of the performer. Mm-hmm. Plural. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I, the worst of the two is is this is our time. I miss this era of hip hop. Well, we're having a time and we're having a rap and we're gonna take a little bitty <laughs> tiny too. tiny nap and we're da, 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 da. Yeah. I do too. Yes. Smitty. No. S- you canceled. <laughs> Smitty. Oh, <you're> canceled. <laughs> Y'all are too witty. Oh you're you canceled. canceled. 
Oh, yeah. I like that. ETW is better. Okay, well, let's call this the hunt for the best Christian song of all time. And I give it to ETW. <laughs> Satan, you're canceled. <laughs> Thank you for giving us the cancel culture Hunting. that would one day make Mr. Bean and a bunch of other like <laughs> like men, white men in their 60s kind of losing their mind over the idea Medium of consequences. Medium talented men. <laughs> make them yeah, right. Mr. Furious. Bean is very talented. Did you even see Rat Race? <laughs> oh, excuse me. It never does anything. I know. That no, like, what's this cancel culture? You mean someone has like a stressful two days on Twitter? And then you will and always still get has a job. millions of dollars? <laughs> yes. Like, what are you? Mel Gibson came out with like three movies this year. He's making a Passion of the Christ sequel that's coming out. I'm not kidding. Later this year. A sequel? Yes. Like even more more passionate, uh, Christ harder. <laughs> I don't the, know. The Christ, passion refers to Christ a specific part of <laughs> Yeah, but this one's like, well, what was Mary doing that day? And Passion of the Christ, like, Tokyo Drift. <laughs> Passion of the Christ, Rise of the Machines. Please. I would watch that. I, it, okay, you want to get me in a... I never saw the original, by the way. Oh, wow. But, yeah. uh, Don't recommend it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, would not. Uh, if it was Tokyo Drift, Passion of the Christ, be... I would be in. Something, um, yeah. Like, in the <sighs> pandemic, I'd go to a theater. Passion of the Christ, 1984. <laughs> I would break quarantine oh, for this. Man. You would, would break quarantine for this. <laughs> That's what Passion we're doing. The Christ, nineteen eighty-four. Vax or no vax, we're breaking incredible. quarantine for Passion Only if of the they Christ did it accurately. Yeah. Where Jesus of Nazareth appears in nineteen eighty-four. Yes. And is confused, bewildered, and terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and unable like to communicate with him anyone. Trying to find yeah, out he, what the modern just, world is all about. He's screaming and everything, just like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm God. I didn't even see this coming. Okay. <laughs> That would rule. Uh, well, you, the listener, can also vote on which you think is the best slash worst uh, Christian song of all time. Go to at Christian Fun Pod. Get out there and Pokemon go to the polls. We did it. We did it, Joe. Man. Oh. We did it. Two of my favorite ladies back to back. They we should did like. Do it. They should have a podcast. Wait, they should well, collab. Should Kamala Harris be the first sitting vice president to host a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> If she's it's got crazy time. that presidents haven't had podcasts yet. I or think at least some of the cabinet members. I think it's coming. It's definitely if Buddha Judge yeah. and all these get, like Clinton has a podcast oh, yeah. and freaking Meghan Markle has one. It's coming. The president's getting it's on a the podcast. Way. It's called <laughs> Cotton Eye Joe or whatever. Oh, oh. <laughs> no, <laughs> Joe, I would rebrand right off the bat. <laughs> <laughs> no malarkey zone. <laughs> Uh, Can you believe that was an actual presidential campaign slogan? I can't, can't believe it. It sounds like he muttered under his breath, and then, (laughs) and then they were like, "Well, we have to make this the slogan." He was born in like World War One, you know, so I guess (laughs) it makes more sense. Yeah, yeah. He, I don't know if you heard this. Joe Biden watched the first Wonder Woman. He's like, "That's not how it was." He's All like, right. I finally see, see feel seen. <laughs> <laughs> Representation matters. <laughs> oh. Okay, time to bring oh it gosh. down. Time to dim the lights and turn the scents up, light the candles up in here. Mike, on this show, unlike other shows where you may plug your projects and promote yourselves, uh, we're not here to do that. We're here to lift it up to the Lord. And by lift it up, I mean 
plug your projects and promote your social media handles. And we start as per usual with Caroline Ely, attorney at law. Esquire, uh, lift me up. You love Esquire. <laughs> Caroline Sports. <laughs> and um, I'm going to lift up a show I watched briefly called The Repair Shop on Netflix. It's like British Bake Off, but they just repair like old family heirlooms and antiques. It's very sweet. And there's just like a little workshop. And there's like a guy who's really good with wood repair and a guy that's really good with paintings and a guy that just does clocks. And it's just adorable. It's very sweet. If you want a nice like passive TV experience, I recommend it. Okay. What's it called again? Give us that name again. Uh, the Repair Shop. The Repair Shop. Thank you, Caroline. We'll Peace. turn it to Mike. Uh, I'm at Mike McCarg basically everywhere. Mm-hmm. If you can't spell that, you can do at Cozy Robots some places. Hell yeah. Or CozyRobots.com. And a show I really enjoyed was The Queen's Gambit mm-hmm. on Netflix because I like that um, we got a fantasy piece set in the 60s where patriarchy wasn't brutal and oppressive and men weren't creepy. Exactly. And it was really fun to watch what people could have been like but weren't. <laughs> It's a fantasy. But it's fun. That entire show, I kept tensing up like every time someone was like trying to get in her business, and then they ended up just being supportive and respectful. I kind of wish they would have tipped it a little bit that it does take place in an alternate universe where it's like the show exists, but then you see like floating cars in the background every so often. It has to be a bigger tell. Or like Catherine Hepburn is president. (laughs) That would be cool. (laughs) Queen's Gambit. Oh, yeah. And then Cozy Robot. What a great show. We've had a lot of fun. Yeah. Totally, yes. Uh, is there a Mrs. Cozy Robot? No, I'm just kidding. There is. <laughs> there is. Very much is. Uh, our 20th wedding anniversary was uh, the 30th. Wow. Congrats. So. Oh, my gosh. You did yeah. it, Joe. Wait, you got married on December the 30th. Mm-hmm. Wow. 2000. Okay, so like five days after wow. Christmas. This is. I've heard of people doing like New Year's Eve weddings. I've never heard of a December 30th wedding. We actually, we thought, like, if we did it then, <laughs> the church would still have Christmas decorations up. Oh, that's and it nice. would the wedding would cost less. That is genius. So that was part of the rationale. That and I like will say it. We had a remarkably fiscally efficient wedding. And I bet um, the lighting was beautiful. It was beautiful. That's what we liked to hear. And then uh, to decorate the reception hall, my dad drove around town and got the Christmas trees everyone had thrown on the curb. And my mother-in-law sprayed them with that fake snow and then lit them. And it was like (gasps) this beautiful winter forest for nothing but our time. (laughs) Wow. That is so smart. That is so smart. Just go get those free trees. GCF listeners, mark your calendars. December 30th, 2026. KTP wedding. Doesn't matter to who. Doesn't matter to what. It's happening, baby. (laughs) Shoot my shot. I let's manifest it. I like that you gave yourself a good runway, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> I don't want to overshoot it. I've, <laughs> I've 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 gotten too foolish for saying this year is my time. year. I'm saying 2026 is five my years. year. Five years. Yeah, five years from now is my year. <laughs> that gives Elmo it. plenty of time to prepare. Okay. And, like, invites and stuff. <laughs> no, that's not. I'm not marrying Elmo. I know he's not real. I do know he's not real. I do know he's not. Real. <laughs> do know. Do know. <laughs> Uh, you can lift me up at Kevin T. Port everywhere uh, or at Kevin Bacon Shop some places and get some yeah. sweets and treats in the Los Angeles County. People have been buying some recently. It's been very nice. And 
fun to see other parts of Los Angeles County that I would have zero uh, opportunity to see otherwise when delivering yeah. stuff to people. And just to get the heck out of the apartment in a safe way. Keep the little mask on the whole time. I should get a branded mask for it, right? <laughs> you should make a mask out of cookie. Caroline, I don't think Dr. Fauci would That like will that. filter. <laughs> there is no air passing through that sucker. <laughs> Delicious. Well, it's safe, but you'll also die. <laughs> <laughs> you're just being smothered. <laughs> can't get COVID if you're dead. That's if you right. can't breathe. <laughs> hey, which is a strategy a lot of people have taken, unfortunately. Sadly. Uh, it's very sadly. <laughs> Um, what do I have to plug? Nothing to plug. I, I won't lift anything. Nothing up. fun. I haven't experienced anything in the cold. I could lift no, up Ethan a movie Hawk I haven't movies. watched yet. What do you mean? Oh, there you go. <laughs> you Brit- wouldn't lift up a certain DC movie that you just watched, anything like that. Uh, I'll lift up Captain America, The Winter Soldier, a movie that DC Pearson was in, our friend of the show and friend. Uh, he played <laughs> the go. Apple Store guy. Uh, you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere. Go to patreon.com slash goodchristianfun for more good Christian fun. And you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Every review you leave, we donate a dollar to charity. And this month's charity is the SELA Homeless Neighborhood Coalition. Mike, it's been a long time coming. Thank you so much for joining us tonight, This was sir. everything I dreamed it would be and more. What I'm so a excited. delight. What a treat. Come back anytime I you want. sincerely enjoyed it and really appreciate the chance to be here. Open door, open door invitation, anytime, every time. Just don't even tell us. We'll just give you the Zoom code every night and you can bomb us. You, <laughs> you pop yeah. in. That would actually be really cool. That would be delightful. Like, yeah, what if we start doing Especially that? When you have like another guest and it's awkward. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you the. Like, oh, I didn't. Hey. Uh, so, sorry. sorry. Hey, can you stop the podcast you're on real quick and just pop in this one I'll, here? I'll give you the Zoom links to my therapy session. See what happens there. <laughs> Not tell you which is which. It's like he finally fixes Kevin. <laughs> Get out. What if we did that? We booked someone for the podcast, but it's just me doing one-on-one therapy with <laughs> someone. Terrible. It's like, is so this fun. the show? Is that a guess? No, it's not. My turn yet? Uh, there's nothing left to say except when off pods people said amen. Let's go out. You canceled. With- and a woman. You canceled. And a woman. <laughs> and a woman. You canceled. <laughs> okay, let's go out with Satan, you're canceled. The greatest Christian song of all time, I guess. <laughs> we just need to hear it one more time. Nobody can chair dance like an all Caucasian podcast. Oh, God, my. <laughs> I am humiliated. <laughs> Are you okay, Caroline? <laughs> Just like cut me right to my core. Wow. All right, we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. You're trying to take away what God has given. But one thing that you have forgotten, we got winning on our That was a headgum podcast.